Hello, guys. Welcome to the first official episode with a guest to Cigars, Skeletons, and Coffee. I'm your host, Austin Moore. I'm here with Yannick Banville, enjoying some nice espresso and a good cigar. Hello. So, Yannick, how are you today? I'm great. How about you, Austin? I'm not too bad. Thanks, man. So, I brought Yannick here today because uh, I think he's an interesting guy. Um, he's done some really crazy experiences that I think a lot of people would find, you know, like super out of this world. Like no one would, I don't know anyone else who would kind of do this kind of thing, but he'll explain that to you later. Uh, I think Yannick had some questions for me that he wanted to start with. Um, yeah, well, just, just since it's our first podcast, well, since it's your first, your first podcast, um, cause I've been listening to quite a bit of podcasts lately I'd say it's been a year that the majority of the audio that I listen to is podcasts. And I was just wondering, like, what podcast do you listen to on a consistent basis? And, yeah, like, what are your inspiration in, in, the, in the podcast world? So that's a great question. I think, um, <clears throat> well, to answer your first question, um, my inspirations for podcasts, uh, probably the first podcast I listened to was the Joe Rogan experience. Right. Um, as I think most people who get started listening to podcasts do, they, they start with Joe Rogan because, you know, he brings on a lot of different interesting guests and has open conversations with them. I kind of like the idea of that structure. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of trying to do my own thing with that sort of structure in mind. In, in terms of like a free flowing conversation, yeah, no like real like, structure to it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I, I, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of just you know having to, to sit down with someone and you know talk about their life. You know, maybe yeah. I can relate to them. If not, maybe I'll learn something from them. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole idea of this podcast. Um. Uh. So other than the Joe Rogan experience, I think uh, there's a few other different podcasts that I sort of dabble in. I'm not actually huge into like a variety of podcasts. Okay. But I have my sort of like few ones that few you ones that I stick to. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the second one after I, I started listening to Joe Rogan uh, was uh, this awesome podcast called Mind Pump. What is that? Um, so Mind Pump is like a raw experience and advice from four guys who are personal trainers who have like firsthand experience in the fitness industry. Okay, well. Um, so they'll like, I don't know, the, some of their things are, are really anecdotal, but a lot of their things are really heavy science based. Like they'll go into a lot of, a lot of deep physiology as to why certain things work, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So you're kind of learning something through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I've always, I've always really been interested in sort of the health field and stuff like that. Right, so, right. um, so yeah, there's that one. And then, uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a one that is a different kind of podcast from, from what normal people listen to, I guess not normal people, but I mean, it's pretty entertaining, uh, in terms to listen to it's called uh, call her daddy. I think you've talked about that before with me, but I, is that like two girls that does yeah. it? Yeah. So essentially it's two girls who sit down and they talk like it's called call daddy, call her daddy, call her. Oh boy. So like. That's a really, really raw, funny one that, like, is basically just two really kooky girls who, like, 
<laughs> like just they just sit next to each other and they just like they just basically crack jokes uh and they talk about like sex advice basically oh okay oh wow okay. yeah yeah so like it's it's honestly like it's f- super entertaining to listen to. okay like they get pretty raunchy sometimes and what is the last podcast you've listened to so like the last one that you've e- either finished or ones that that you midway through it right now is is there one that mm. comes on top of your mind or um I think the last podcast I listened to like in terms of an episode of something yeah or? just like so right now the podcast that I'm listening to kind of goes with what we're gonna talk about today um, I started this morning in in the bus it's uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the ritual podcast it sounds Rich Roll, yeah so he's actually pretty good sized podcast like he's been doing podcasts for years and years and I've been listening to podcasts with Killian Jornet and he's um, he's an ultra endurance athlete too um, okay. mountain runner and yeah um, apparently it's really good and they're going into the deep physiologically interesting topics and like the mindset of it and it's pretty interesting that's awesome um i think the last thing i was listening to was was probably the uh i think it was the killer mike joe rogan episode is that from a long time ago or no no it was actually pretty recently like maybe like uh two weeks ago or something killer mike is that like a wrestler or something no, Killer Mike is actually, he is a, a half of the group called Run the Jewels. It's a hip-hop group. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, so he just opened, not opened, but he just started a, a show on Netflix called, I think it's called Killer Mike Triggered. Okay. And basically he goes around and talks about like like why like the black community is struggling. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, so he he's blamed... an actor? No, he's a rapper. Okay, sorry. He's a rapper. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically uh he goes around and because like he basically goes to these small like poverty gang-induced like places. Yeah, like places in the states, I guess. Okay. And he basically, like, basically his idea for, like, gangs and, like, why they're created is because, like, you know, there's not a lot of shit, like, there's not a lot of shit for, like, those poverty towns to, like, do. And that's why yeah. they form gangs is because they, they get something to do and they form, like, friendships and brotherhood and stuff like that. Maybe not the right kind of brotherhood, but. Yeah, but he says that's why the reason as to why they're, they're formed, basically, is because, like. They have nothing you know, else no, to like, do. Yeah, there's no, like, basically in his words, he said there's no, like, black leader out there that they can relate to that can apply their skills in, a, in like, a positive way to help the community, okay. right? So what he does is he applies the, um, so the idea of turning gang culture into, like, a marketing scheme, basically. Okay. Okay, so, like, I'm sure you're familiar with, like, the Hells Angels biker gang. Yeah. So basically the Hells Angels does that all the time. Like they have a brand, right? It's called the Hells Angels MC. Yeah. Right? And you can buy their t-shirts and their hats and Can their... you buy Hells Angels stuff at like Walmart? 
Uh, I don't think at Walmart, but they have like an online store. Really? Yeah, you can buy all their shit from. So basically what he did in this, in um, I saw sort of like this uh, little skip thing in the Netflix uh, window. Yeah. Where, you know, they, they bring you through like a chops of the episodes and stuff like right. that. Um, and he like, he develops like things like Cola, you know, so he takes like this like Crip gang and he's like, brings them to a marketing agency, like these young kids, right? And they teach them how to like entrepreneur basically. Yeah. Which is like, it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, enough about that. Um, so I, I want to ask you a few questions. For sure. Um, unless you have anything else to ask me. Um, yeah, just in terms of like the title of the podcast. So it's called um, Cigar, Skeleton, and Coffee. Like why these three words? Like, yeah, like why did you call it that way? Um, I'm just interested in knowing, like the, like, why essentially? Yeah, like the mindset. Yeah, exactly. That, that name. Um, so, like, I've always liked the idea of cigars okay. since I was really young. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, I watched Scarface at a really young age, mm-hmm. and basically, like, for those of you who don't know who Scarface is, but most people have seen Scarface I'm not sure if except me because I don't watch movies apparently no no okay well Scarface is about uh, a Cuban refugee who's a war criminal uh, he makes his way over to America short synopsis and uh, basically gets involved in the cocaine trade and he works his way up to the top by like you know just slowly taking out the and that's called the American dream yeah <laughs> so um but yeah, he always had cig- when once he got to the top, he always got like cigars in his hand, like he's always smoking a cigar, and, and he always has it like hanging out of his mouth, kind of thing. So ever since that, I was like obsessed with like Tony Montana, and like the cigar. Uh, and then when I finally got a chance to smoke one, I was probably like sixteen, fifteen, something like that. Yep. yep. And uh, you know, I I I didn't initially like the taste. But I kind of just like, you know, it's kind of like your first cup of black coffee when you're really young. You're just like, oh, that's super bitter. Like, why would anyone drink right. that? <clears throat> but, you know, I, I uh, eventually, you know, had a, had them a few times as I got older and, um, you know, ended up just acquiring a taste for them. And I, um, we've got two cigars here right now. They're uh, Partegas. Um but uh, yeah, and, uh, so that's the cigar element. I and just, then the I coffee, I guess it makes sense because you're a pretty big coffee guy. Yeah, like but I love. What is the skeleton though? So the skeletons originally was supposed to be like an anatomy health based thing, right? But with the cigars and coffee, I think people would get like sort of uproared by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it has a double meaning. So like, yeah, we're still going to talk about health and like nutrition and like you know anatomy and stuff like that and right. whatever. Seeing as how like uh, I'm, well, I'm graduating soon to become a registered massage therapist as well as you. Um, that's how we kind of met each other. Right. That, that is <clears throat> true. So, um, there's that, and then the double meaning behind the skeletons is that you know a skeleton in in the English term is you know, skeletons in your closet kind of thing. And it's just your, your past experiences, you know? Yeah. So I just want to have a conversation over a coffee and cigar, two very good conversation pieces and just talk about experiences basically. Perfect. So and that's why we're here, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'll get on to the questions, uh, 
here. I think you have quite Ooh, a few. Most specific ones? Yeah, like I think you have quite a few experiences and, and things you can talk about. A good mindset. You're pretty open-minded. So Yeah, I am, actually. <clears throat> well, I try to be. It's, it's sometimes hard to be really open-minded and unbiased to your beliefs, but I think it's mm -hmm. important sometimes to to just talk about topics that you wouldn't talk about normally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, um, so you're an ultra endurance athlete. You, you could say that, yeah? Yeah, so uh, I've heard that you went on a very interesting experience this past summer. I did. And um, I would like you to share that experience with us. So my question to you is, before you share that experience, is why ultra endurance? Yeah, so um, I think related to the ultra endurance cycling, um, there's multiple aspect to it. Obviously, the physical aspect is really interested to me. I've always been an athlete from my young age. I've always moved a lot. Um, and then ultra cycling brings the really interesting part of the adventure, the adventure of going into new countries with a bike, which is a passion of mine. Um, and yeah, like it brings the whole mental aspect of sports into the picture. Um, but yeah, the biggest aspect for me, it's the adventure. Um, I love going into new places. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, so where did you go? Yeah. So that little trip you took. Right. Um, th so this summer I was one of the participants of a race in Europe, um, called the transcontinental bike race. Um, it was the sixth edition this year. Essentially, it's a uh, it's a race that starts in Belgium and finishes in Greece, um, and going throughout four checkpoints throughout Europe. So we had a checkpoint in I don't know them by heart, but somewhere in Slovenia, and then going back up in Poland, then going back south through the Balkans and Bosnia. Um, so four thousand kilometers. Uh, 17 days to complete the route. Wow. And I successfully completed the route. Not the fastest, not the slowest, but uh, considering the fact that I was, I think I was the youngest racer this year. Um, so that's something I, I'm pretty proud of. Um, and you're 21, right? Yeah, I'm 21. I completed the race at 20. And oh, like you were twenty years yeah, old when you completed when, okay. when I did it. I I don't think I was the youngest ever though. I think there was a but like just in that race. Yeah, in in the twenty eighteen race, I was the youngest. Okay. Um, okay. Then yeah, like how I got into cycling um, throughout high school. I've um, I was running a lot, so I was a long distance runner, um, doing events from the fifteen hundred meters. So. That's roughly four minute long, all the way to 3,000 meters, 10 kilometers. And I've always noticed that longer the race was, um, better I was, like closer to the front of the race that I was getting. 
Um, so like my best results were often in, in, in the longer races. Um, and I've struggled with quite a bit of injuries in running because running is a pretty hard impact sport on your body. Uh, so when I was injured, I was doing mostly road bike and then I just stopped running and I picked up cycling full time. And uh, I followed a couple races. Um, there's similar races in Australia and in the States. And I followed the race for a couple of years. Then I told myself that I really want to do that. But I, I always felt that I was too young to do it. But then this summer, it was kind of perfect because next year I was going to graduate from school. So I was going to start working. So I told myself, well, I better do it now. Like I had the money for it because it is quite expensive to do, sadly. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was going to be a good experience. So I, at, at first I didn't want to sign up for the race. And then I decided just to sign up for it, not expecting to be accepted. And then I got accepted into the race and then, Oh wow. So there's like an acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the exact numbers, but it's definitely not everyone who's getting accepted and more and more people are uh, applying to the race. I think the acceptance race is, uh, acceptance, uh, rate is roughly 50%. Okay. It's about a coin toss. for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I totally didn't think I was going to get in first of all, cause the race is in Europe and I'm from Canada. So, I thought I wouldn't get into that. I thought I wasn't get, going to get into it because you need to do a some some sort of paperwork to go into the race, talking about your your past experiences and stuff. And I was quite young, so I just thought that the odds were going to be against me. But yeah, I did get the positive note, the positive uh, answer, and then I told myself that I was going to go and do it. So you said that you were racing for 17 days? Yeah, so it took me 16 days and 4 hours to complete it. So 16 days and 4 hours, pretty much biking nonstop. Uh, nonstop, yes. I mean... Like pretty much going forward nonstop. Yeah, exactly. So the goal is really to bike, sleep, and eat. That is, And that is something that... It sounds really interesting to me. It's like we have all these problems, all these worries here back home. And when I'm over there biking, it's just I don't think of that. I just think of riding my bike all day long, just push the pedals. And that's and the biggest worry that, that you have is maybe where am I going to sleep tonight? In worst case scenario, you just sleep in a park and just... Like you're tired enough to just sleep there and go go again the day after. So, so did you find yourself sleeping in a lot of parks and you know like establishments along the way? Yeah. Um, so the event is built on self reliability. Is that okay? Is, is that yeah, the right like word? Yeah, exactly. So self support. Um, so yeah, I did sleep in parks and. Um, in park benches quite a bit in the first half of the race in the first week just because we were still in um, northwest of Europe so it was quite safe I didn't feel unsafe at least and then in the second half I did mostly hotels because it was pretty cheap 
and I felt a little bit less safe so I just wanted to make sure that I had a good night of sleep and I was pretty beat up by the first week so I just wanted good good sleep and good recovery for it so mm-hmm. so take us through it so you started where so we started in Belgium so um, the capital of Belgium is Brussels it okay, we yeah. started in a little town um, it's roughly a hundred kilometers west from Brussels I'm not gonna try sing that name because it's impossible to say it's Gernbergen or something but um, yeah it's a weird town but it's an amazing town yeah. so so what does it look like? So you, everyone lines up on the same line kind of thing? Yeah, so the start of the race is really magical, to be honest. Um, the race starts at 10 p.m. Like at Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, quite... Dark. So it's dark. Yeah, exactly. Dark. So wow. quite a lot of races start in, in the morning, 6, 7, 8 a.m. But that event starts just after sunset, so like... The sunset, I think, was like 9.45. So there is that special moment in terms of it starts at night. um, Because you know that the first day is going to be extremely hard. Um, That was was maybe one of the biggest mistakes I've done in this year's race. Um, I went through the whole night, no sleep. Oh wow! Which so you probably didn't get a lot of sleep in seventeen days. Eh? You no, probably got like a couple hours here I think and there. I averaged five hours, which was which is quite a lot. Like per night, yeah, five hours yeah. per night. Okay. Um, and I'm a big sleeper, so I love sleeping, and that was something that was definitely really hard to set yourself to wake up. And that was the nice thing of sleeping outside. It's because, like, most of the time I stopped cycling around 1 a.m., like 12 at night. Slept somewhere knowing, so either in in parks where I know that I'm going to be wake up in, in the morning by people walking or in front of gas stations that opens at 5 or 6 a.m. So I know people are going to get there and are going to want you to get out of there. So that was the nice thing of sleeping outside. Yes, in terms of sleeping, most of the time, five hours. Um, Okay. Yeah. And I'm assuming, like, for food and water and stuff like that, you would just, I don't know, stop at corner stores and stuff like that. Just eat whatever was available, right? Yeah. Restaurant sometimes. Yeah. So I guess, well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Yannick is plant-based. Right. So he's a plant-based athlete. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so I decided not to eat any meat, any dairy. Um, yeah, so that was... A lot of people ask me, was that hard? I wouldn't say it was hard. Um, I definitely know that I did eat by accident stuff that contained butter and milk. I mean, I did my best, and I think that's the only thing that I can do. Um, but yeah, so finding food, it wasn't that complicated. To find food, oh, the train there. It wasn't too complicated to find food throughout the race. The hardest was when you ride through the night. I've done that a lot more in the first half of the race when I wasn't too tired. Because you have like a 10 hours where you, nothing is open. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit struggle. 
but yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, to stay on the topic of you know your plant based mm-hmm. nutrition, um, is there anything different between being plant based and vegan? Like, is that? Yeah. So most of the time, vegan veganism is around the whole aspect of your life. So mm, trying to reduce your use of animal products and byproducts and plant-based is usually more focused on the nutrition part um so eating plants eating your nutrition around plants and whole grains and whole food essentially um so yeah there is a little bit of difference in terms if you want to get into like the real definition it's different words meaning the same thing really i I, I, I personally okay. think so if you're if you're plant based so you like you don't care about leather and stuff like that, like wearing leather and- uh, we're going into deep hole here um, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy leather on purpose okay so is that like an ethical yeah I mean like, like choice it's just in terms like I if if I can find boots or shoes that doesn't have leather, well, I'm just not gonna buy the leather one. I'm just gonna buy the one with fake leather, and just help not help the that industry. Right. Um. How do I word this? Okay. So, are you plant based for like? Clearly, you have some ethical dilemma. Yeah, with like that. So, wouldn't that just make you a vegan? Or I guess yes. But you, so why don't you like be? Why do you prefer being called plant based versus vegan? Just because I think there's bad rap to vegans in general, because there is okay. a lot of extreme part of the word, and that I don't necessarily want to get into, like. You often think of vegans and like being an extreme person who's who's telling you that your Canada goose is full of cruelty and like yeah. you should yeah, eat that that piece of meat and stuff. Yeah. And I'm yeah, more of like, like you do you, I do me and like if you want to talk about it for sure go go ahead. But if you know what's behind what you're doing, totally fair. Right, so you're not like totally against people eating meat. No. You're just like, it's a personal choice. Exactly. Okay, so you're not going to go out there and like picket sign, like, free the animals, man. Well, that's actually what I'm going to do after this podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go in front of the parliament and say like, free the cows and free the free pigs. Free the cows, man. Free, hashtag free the cows. Exactly. Um, so yeah, one thing that really interests me about um you know this whole ultra endurance thing right. like i'm sure you know who like david goggins is yeah so like he's into the whole ultra endurance thing like right just basically, basically um, about like repping it out it's all about the reps right when i think of david goggins i think more like extreme things like yeah he's i find he's a lot into like just trying to make people realize that they can do amazing things like yeah. I did not think I could push my bike 
4,000 kilometers in 16 days. Oh, I'm sure a lot of us can't do that. So <laughs> See, I think, I think they can. Maybe not in 16 days, but I think you can do it. It's just a lot of people are going to be scared of doing it. So they're just not even going to try. But why not just try it? You see, like, the race, the transcontinental, only, I think, I think the issue, only 40 or 60% of the starters, so the people that was on the finish line finished the, the whole race. So that means half, half of the people at, at least tried. Half of these people are better than most people because at least they, they tried doing that. And I think David Goggins is that person to like push the people like at least try something at at least at least try because trying is better than not doing anything. No, for sure, yeah. Um, so I was gonna ask you, um, you know, obviously you do a lot more cardio to train for these kind of things, right? In in terms um, of training for the events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like yeah. It's mostly cardio, right? Like you're sitting on a bike. Yeah. Like we're doing like an indoor bike kind of thing, obviously in the minus 30 weather. We yeah. So the race this summer, yeah, like to come back to how the race went and, and everything. Um, so I really started. So the race started July 29. Okay. Um, I was really fortunate. I had a coach throughout that whole process, um, which was... I personally think I could not have finished that event without really good guidance from mm -hmm. from my coach. Um, and yeah, we started training in March, so that's five months before. Yeah, yeah, that's four months before. Four months. Yeah. Um, it's really not a lot. Okay. That, well, four. Yeah, four yeah. months. Of, well, I mean, you kind of have the body for it already. But the thing is that. With school, school finished end of April. Yeah. And I had a surgery at the beginning of May. So oh, wow. I couldn't for my wisdom teeth. So I didn't really start heart training until mid May. So that's okay. like a month and a half. So do you, like, I was going to ask, like, basically. Two months and a half. Like, do you do any weight training for this or is it purely cardio? Like, like how does that go about? Yeah, so that goes into the whole training aspect of cycling and any endurance stuff. So when training for an event, you're you're going to go through multiple cycles, multiple blocks of training. So how I went through it, when we started training in March, I did probably two months of mixing endurance training. So hours on the bike and hours in the gym to strengthen uh, specific muscles for cycling um, okay. and that is something now we're in January now we're in February yeah so that's February something first. I've worked a lot in the last two months I've I've been in a gym once twice a week doing like a lot of squats um, like and a lot of core so lower body exercises to strengthen and then for the event that I did in, in, in the summer, I really started only being on the bike by June. I was mostly doing cycling. My biggest week of training, I think, was 35 hours. 30-ish hours, yeah. Of, wow, that's a lot of training. Of, of bike, yeah. Like straight? Yeah, 
like 30 hours in the saddle of cycling in seven days. Wow. Yeah, that I like you just literally sat on a bike and just went for 30 hours. Yeah. So like even that alone, man, mm -hmm. is just like crazy. Like, I don't think anyone would do that kind of thing. You know? Yeah. So like, like obviously there's there's quite a few people willing to do it because there's like a good chunk of people mm -hmm. who went in that race. Right. Yeah. That specific week of training was a little special because like with my coach, we figured out that it might be a good idea for me to to try to do a ride that was overnight. So since the event started at 10 p.m., I did a training ride where I started at 10 p.m. and I rode all night, all the way to like 12 or 1 p.m. the night after. So that was already like 14 hours of training. And then I did another three days of training after that, straight. So like the training was a lot because it's really different when you try to train for a cycling event that is one day. But the hardest thing of that, of the ultra endurance, is that you want to train that you're able to bike one day, but the day after and the day after and the day after again. Because yeah, in, yeah, in 16 days, much, I, yeah, I yeah. didn't take any days off. I think my shortest day was like... A day that I cried a lot, first of all. <laughs> I think my shortest day was like 12-ish hours biking. 12 hours of straight biking. Yeah, roughly. Wow. That, like, pfft. It's just so funny to think that, like, you know, you don't really have that much training, you know, before going into this thing. Yeah. And, like, you're able to do, like, alone 12 hours of of. Biking. Biking? Yeah. It's crazy. Like, some people, like, they're just done after, like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an mm -hmm. hour, you know? They, they they sit on, like, a like a bike at the gym yeah. or whatever, and they, they go for an hour, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. But I think, I think that's very different. Like, I think it is very different, because if you ask me to do a ride indoor for two hours, I'm going to look at you and say, you're funny. I'm not doing that. And that is what I've realized in the last month is that I don't like training. I just like to ride my bike. Yeah. I don't like the training of it. I just like going out, discovering new places, discovering new roads. And that is the thing. Like being sat on a bike for 12 hours, I'd like to, I'd rather do that than 30 minute indoors. Because you're discovering new places, you're seeing new landscapes. Yeah, it's like a there's like a exactly like there's it, right? an adventure to it. Um, yeah. I think that makes it a lot easier to do um, than just being sitting on a bike for long hours of time. Yeah, yeah, that that totally makes sense for that aspect, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're into that lifestyle, um, there's definitely a huge adventure aspect to it. Yeah. Right? Um, so I recently heard, well, not heard, but I saw on social media that you got sponsored. Right. Sponsored is a big word. Sponsored is a big word. So I guess like what they just gave you some, they gave you like their products to push basically. Like, yeah. So I am working as an ambassador for, I'm working. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I wasn't expecting that question. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be working alongside a supplement company on the Quebec side um, that is called Organic Lifestyle. Okay. 
correct. Plant-based okay. um, nutrition. So. so like plant-based supplements. Yeah, exactly. Plant-based proteins and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sport, sport drinks and okay, okay. protein powders and everything. Um, so like that, what is that for though? Are you, are you getting ready to do another one of these, these, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and another race is that, is that the question? Yeah. Like, yeah. are you going to do another long transcontinental race? Um, I would like to, um, not in 2019. Um, right now I'm prepping for another race in September. That's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's an 800 kilometer race where you have 48 hours to complete. Okay. Um, and, but that race is supported. So I'm going to be able to have support from other people. So I'm going to have a car that's, that's, that's going to follow me for food and drinks and everything. So I don't have to do these, these stops. So my sole job is essentially to bike is as much yeah. as I can. You just bike and exactly, the people behind yeah. you are just going to like, you know, exactly. give you what you need. Yeah. And we're, and my friend and I are doing a documentary about that too. So that's, that's hopefully going to come out in either end of 2019 or beginning of 2020. That's really exciting. Okay. And do you guys have a name for it yet? Nope. No name nope. for it. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully people will be able to reach that documentary, uh, when it does come yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Will it be posted to your Instagram or? Yeah, I'll definitely share it on my social medias. Okay. My so, Instas and my Facebooks, but it might be in French. I, we're not too sure yet. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it's the hard decision that we still have to do if yeah. you want to do it in French or in English. Um, so one thing I want to talk about while they're on the, yeah. on the, the, um, cycling, the file of, well, not cycling, but the, uh, like supplements and yeah yeah for stuff sure stuff like that like i want to talk about the industry of supplements oh boy because uh, i have a little bit of experience um sort of behind the scenes in the supplement industry mm -hmm. quite the knowledge of that um so i want to ask you you know what do you think of the supplement industry do you think supplements are are valid or do yeah. you think that you can go without them as an athlete That is quite a diff hard thing because, like, when you sing athlete, is it the weekend warrior or the weekend warrior, or is it the ultra endurance athlete there that rides its bike for twelve hours? Uh, I don't know. Could you answer it for both? I mean, yeah, like, so, technically, so yeah, technically, you are a weekend warrior, right? Because you don't, you don't, you don't do this full time. No, yeah. But you still do a crazy amount for right, a part-time right. athlete, right? Yeah. So, so, I guess for you. I think in general, the supplement industry is a little bit like over the top. Because like a lot of companies are pushing unnecessary products, I find. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like for example, like... A protein shake with 40 grams of protein isn't necessarily needed if you have a balanced nutrition. Right, yeah. So I think most of the things, you could find it through your nutrition. So why paying so much money for supplements 
when you could spend that extra little amount of time on your nutrition, your whole food nutrition, eating real foods. But at the same time, I think it can be useful in terms of... Um, so, for example, when I'm on the bike, I often drink like a sugary drink, which has more than one types of sugar, so your body absorb it different way, and it has electrolytes, and it has different things into it. So you're talking about like things like gaze? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So um, I think the supplement industry is a little bit like there, there, there is a little bit too much to it. But, yeah, like they're a little bit over the top. Yeah, exactly. Marketing. Like okay. I, I don't think we should need powders to like be thriving. I think it's a good thing. Like if you're training a lot, like maybe a protein shake is good. But why not looking at your whole food, like your whole nutrition first, and then looking at what you could add to it. Yeah, because a lot of these people, a lot of people. They buy into it, right? Right. Like, it's so easy to just, like, throw some powder in a jug of water, shake it up, drink it, and think that you're just going to grow muscle. Yeah, so you need to work to get those muscles. Yeah. And I definitely think for, like, people with a smaller frame and they got kind of the skinny fat thing kind of going on, right? Yeah. Where, like... Not pointing out anyone. Yeah, like... (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit of an inside joke there, but... um, um, Me? Are you are you talking about me? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Because <laughs> uh, Yannick's quite the small frame, but I mean, it's built for he's built for his sport. Exactly. Right? So, um, like the if he wanted to bulk up, for me. Him, if you wanted to bulk up, yeah. I've often think lately, like, do I want to give up bikes and like start destroying the gym, like, like just go. Like, I the... would like to see what would happen if I just start going at the gym. You know, like, if I could get ripped. Yeah, like, you just want to see if you yeah. can apply that same, uh, like, determination exactly. to different Exactly, like, like angles, imagine right? being in the gym. For, well, same thing, being in the gym for 20 hours, it's just not going to do anything. Oh, fuck, yeah. But, yeah. Keep, keep on your subject, if you still remember what you were saying. Uh, like, you talking about, like, the yeah. supplements kind of thing? Okay, yeah, so, like... For you, like a lot of people, they find it really hard. People with your type of frame mm-hmm. put on weight. Yeah. Right. So like. But is that what they're eating or is that like. Well, I mean, it, it depends, right? Like it, I think it's I think your nutrition is really tailored to like your genetics. Right. That's my like. Yeah, that is your thing. That That's my thing, right? When like, Austin talks about nutrition, just genetics do it. Yeah. Like I think genetics has a huge yeah. part. In nutrition, right? Like, Which I think a little bit less. Well, here's a, here's a great example, right? So, like, we have a mutual person that we know. I'm not going to say his name, right? But so he eats like a madman. Like, he will eat tons of food and, like, he won't really gain weight, right? Right. Right. right? But then, we I like, uh, me and that guy have uh, not a mutual friend, but another guy he knows that he talks about, too. And he'll, he'll do crazy things. Like, he'll, like, um, he'll just eat eat like raw eggs right right like because he just needs all that protein and the calories right so just eat the raw eggs and he'll just like take a shot of like olive oil or something like that totally necessary though because he just needs all the fat and the the protein and stuff right 
to bulk up and supposedly he was like the same frame but yet he he like blew up you know like he got ripped like muscles or fat yeah like he got ripped with muscles because he was just consuming so many calories and his metabolic rate was so fast yeah that he would just like he wasn't putting on fat he was just building like crazy amounts of yeah. muscle and like consuming all that cholesterol was just helping with his testosterone mm. levels but yet you have this other guy who's doing the exact same thing but he's not he's not achieving yeah. much from it right like he's just shoveling in the protein and the cholesterol mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff to try and boost his testosterone and all yeah. the yeah. you know the protein synthesis going on and it it just wasn't working mm-hmm. right so like i see that often where people will be of similar frame right the two people similar frame yeah similar body yeah. type, right and and they'll go on like this diet same exercise regimen same well i don't know if these guys were on the same exercise regimen but i know that the guy who wasn't gaining weight but had pretty much the same idea for the diet right he was going pretty hard like you know a couple hours every day at the gym yeah and just like doing intense like you know hypertrophy sort of mixed with uh, like strength conditioning kind of thing. So like a lot of weights and a lot of reps. Yeah. So he'd kind of like switch between like, you know, doing heavy weight, like high volume, high repetition yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like the classic bodybuilder sort Workout, of regimen. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's just funny to see those two people pretty much have the same kind of thing going on, but one's able to achieve a lot more than the other one. So it's like, what do you, like, what do you think? Yeah, but you have to look how much work they're putting into wanting these results. That's true. That's also true. I don't have all the variables, but I think like, you know, like I do see a lot of people like, for example, there's another two people we know, right? And like, um, or not just those two people, but a lot of people in general I see, right? They're on this ketogenic diet, right? Yeah. And... I see people lose tons of weight off of it. Yeah. And then other people, they're on the exact same diet, right? I don't know if they're putting in the same amount of time at the gym. Maybe they're just basing it off their diet, right? Um, but some of them slim down like crazy, right? They lose tons of weight. And then the other ones just like, they stay kind of the same. You want to know the best way to lose a lot of weight in 16 days? How's that? Ride your bike through Europe. <laughs> no, sorry. It's just, I was looking at this here. The first day of the race, so again, the race started at 10 p.m. I did not stop until 10 p.m. the day after. So the first 24 hours, I think I slept like 15 minutes. I burned 8,600 calories. 8,600 calories. 8,000, yeah. Whoa, like 8,600 calories you consumed. No, burned. Oh, burned. Yeah. Okay. So just imagine how much I have to eat to keep going. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of calories. Yeah. Well, that that is according to my app, which is which takes into con- consideration my effort, my weight, my heart rate, and everything. So I think that's pretty precise. Yeah. I mean, and the interesting thing about that that first day, so. There's this metric called TSS, that is training stress score. So that's essentially how much does that activity causes stress to your body. I think the average athlete, cyclist, runner can do like 500 TSS, like it's a decent week of training. 
a thousand TSS, it's like professional cyclist. The first day I did 748. 748. Yeah, that is like the amount of training that most people would do in a week, and I did it in a day. So uh, one of the last topics we're going to cover here yeah, before we wrap things sure. up um, is I want to talk about see, and I'm not too I'm not too broad on the like I didn't do a lot of research on this, but um, mm-hmm. I quickly skimmed over it. Was uh, that the Canadian Health and Nutrition Guide has been revised this oh, year, boy. and it's quite different than what it used to be when I was a kid. Very, yeah. Um, it's a huge change. Yeah. So I think I didn't see like the percentage. I remember the old one. It was like, oh, you needed this much servings of this and this much yeah. servings of yeah. that. And I didn't really see that kind of layout this time. It was more just like, this should be your main food group. That should be your second group. And then. Like- yeah. So I've actually went through it quite well. So essentially now they've. They do not have a class for dairy and yeah, so like the dairy food group is like essentially they don't even have food groups. It's just a plate with like half of the plate is vegetables and fruits, quarter of it is grains, and the other quarter is like like uh, it's pro it, yeah, it's proteins. Proteins, yeah. So they don't care where you get the protein from, eh? Well, they encourage plant-sourced protein. Plant-sourced proteins. So why do you... So personally, I'm... uh, Like, my bias towards this is that, like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, you know, animal-based protein. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Which you know and you're okay with. But... But they really focus on the science of it while yeah. building that food guide and it's called yeah, a food so, guide it's not obligation it's a guide yeah I, know. yeah I know which is crazy to think that like you know they would just think of like basically they're kind of pushing a plant-based diet <sighs> like see it's hard because because if you go through the recipes yeah. there are some with yeah. like meats in it it's more of mm-hmm. like a pescatarian yeah like it almost seems like they're pushing plant-based which I think they are but I think it's just, and the thing is, like, the words, the words that they're using is important. Like, you can see that usually when we talk about fruits and vegetables, we're using the word fruits first and then vegetable. But on the old food guide, they were saying vegetables and fruits. So they want you to focus on vegetable first and then fruits. Mm-hmm. So, like they are essentially pushing the plant-based movement or the plant-based ideas. Um, But I think they wanted to just simplify the whole thing. And yeah, they, they, they keep saying that they try to use science into their decisions, blah, blah, blah. So how did they do that decisions? I don't know. Did they do the right thing? I think so. I think it's better than the last one, at least. Oh, it's 100% better than the last one, I think but so. But they're, so, sorry, they're not, for example, they're not saying not to consume something, but they're saying, like, 
consume saturated fat if possible. Like, so that is from plants, you know? Saturated yeah. fat? Or unsaturated uh, fat, they say. I think you have that backwards. Yeah. Some, so like vegetable or no like I, no I think they're uh, they're saying cut down as much as possible cholesterol in saturated fat yeah which I don't think I totally agree with yeah that that is the one subject that we disagree on yeah because like cholesterol in food if most people don't know this it gets converted in two ways right yeah but our body makes our own cholesterol yeah. that yeah that is the argument that a lot of people are going to say yeah that our body makes the own, our own yeah. cholesterol. That's yeah. true. But um, there is a, a lot of recent science that dictates that, you know, the more HDL we have and the, and the less LDL we have, right, is optimal for heart health. Yeah. Right? yeah. So the only way to increase HDL is through consumption of good, good saturated yeah. fats. Yeah. So like nuts, seeds, avocados, right. and like... And that's all plants. And fatty meats. Right. right. So like salmons... Uh, like basically if it's not processed, right? Like, so if you eat meat, like red meat, yeah. Yeah. like a steak, right? And it's, it's obviously got fat in it, right? Yeah. Uh, like the science dictates, I think that it's okay to eat that. It's not going to cause, but there's a lot of science. Like there's the thing with nutrition is that first of all, you have to see like, who funded all the research because if it's the egg if it's a study well I think that you should look at who's funded the research so if if the egg industry does a research saying that egg is good well no shit they're gonna say that because they want to sell their, their products so like you have to look at where the science comes from and sadly like there's always gonna be science for it and there's always going to be science against it yeah and i think basing our decisions on one research is bad but often like we find that one positive like that one thing that confirms what you believe and you're just going to use that Mm-hmm. yeah no for sure i think that's uh the case with a lot of people um so on that note, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast here. Uh, it's been great talking to you, Yannick. Um, is there anything you want to say to the community before going off? You want to promote anything? It's cool. Uh, just spit out whatever you need to spit out. And Well, it's been great. We've talked about many things. We could have kept going on a lot of tangents. And that is the issue between you and I, is that we could talk <laughs> for 10 hours about something. Yeah. Um, it was the first podcast. Like I felt like it was everywhere but at the same time we we were good to you're gonna get like a podcast you're you're gonna become a podcast god in a few podcasts <laughs> um hopefully hopefully i'll get this thing down but for my personal thing go f- go follow the podcast instagram you can follow me on instagram yannick underscore track and follow austin moore like and subscribe thank you very much guys thanks for listening to this episode of cigar skeletons and coffee have a great evening